Welcome to the Healthy Hormones for Women podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Gladish, online nutritionist, weight loss coach, and hormone fixer-upper. I'm excited to bring you a weekly dose of information and inspiration, sharing with you simple and effective strategies from health, wealth, and all things personal growth. Get ready to become the master of your hormones and experience vibrant health to live a life of more power and possibility. Welcome back, ladies. I hope you are doing well and your week is off to an amazing start. It's been officially a week since my 38th birthday. And I just want to thank you again for all the amazing love and everything that came pouring in. And I wanted to share just how amazing my birthday was. And I had such a fantastic week. It was really a week of celebrations because my birthday was last Tuesday on the 4th. Gay Tans was on the 7th. And then we were celebrating Mother's Day as well, you know, with our, our families. And it was just a week of celebrations, which was really exciting. And Gay Tan totally spoiled me for my birthday. And I love him so, so much. He's just such a light in my life. And I'm so grateful for him. And just all the little things he did and went out of his way. And I'm, I'm just so appreciative of it. And especially during, you know, lockdown, there's not much to do and not too many places like to go. And so he just made it a really special day and he just cooked all kinds of delicious food for me. And I got to see my family, my parents came over and we just had a small little get together and dinner. And it was just a really beautiful day. And he spoiled me with some amazing gifts and gift card to Babasook. I don't know if you guys know that website, uh, B-A-B-A-S-O-U-K. They sell beautiful like rugs and pillows and kind of like a lot of um, Moroccan rugs and just like beautiful home decor stuff. And I'm obsessed with them. So uh, he got me a gift certificate to go shopping there because he sees me on my phone looking on their website like all the time. So I will definitely be putting that gift certificate to good use. Um, Before we dive in today, a few things I want to share. I have kicked off my five-day Simplify Your Sales business training. So if you're listening to this podcast and you are a practitioner, a nutritionist, uh, a health coach, even a life coach, and you are looking for support in growing and scaling your online business, come join me for this free training. This is really a five-week course condensed into five days that I'm giving away for free. And I'm teaching live inside the Holistic Business Collective Facebook group every day at 11 a.m. Eastern time. So even though you missed maybe yesterday's class and then today's class, it's all good. The replays are there inside the Facebook group and you can watch them at your own time. And there's also an amazing workbook to go along with the free training. And I'm really pulling back the curtains and just giving you a behind the scenes look of what it's like to grow and scale an online business and the key foundational pieces to have in order, like understanding your niche and really putting your packaging and your programs and your pricing together and just really learning the marketing and sales skills. So it's always so wild to me how so many practitioners go and study their craft. You know, they study nutrition and they study wellness and hormones and all of that, and they get certified. And then you graduate school. And this was a very similar situation I was in. It was like, I had no problems investing in the education and the knowledge. And then I just kind of graduated and for years, many, many years, I just thought I would kind of figure out the whole business thing on my own. And well, that does does not work that way. <laughs> you know, I didn't have marketing skills and I didn't understand online business. I didn't understand what it meant to have an avatar and write sales copy and do email marketing. Like I, I didn't know any of that. And 
it's just a skill that you need to learn, right? Just like you're going to go invest time and money and energy into learning your craft to be a practitioner or a coach or nutritionist, life coach, whatever that might look like. It's the same thing on the marketing side. It's a new skill that you need to gain. And that's exactly what I'm doing. Teaching you over these five days is really learning those marketing and sales skills so that you can go out there and actually put your gifts to work and share your knowledge and your value with people and truly be of service and support people and and also grow an amazing business at the same time. So I'm so excited for it. We've kicked off day two today and you can come join us. Just search on Facebook for the Holistic Business Collective Facebook group and come join us there. It's free and there will be the link there where you will see to go download the workbook. And we've got an amazing Maria. She's my like concierge for the week and really helping uh, support everybody and answer questions and connect you guys to the workbook if you have issues downloading anything. She's just great and sharing all the replays. So uh, you'll be fully supported in that group. And it's just really fantastic. So it's something that I just love. And it really lights me up truly being able to not just support women in the health and wellness space and help them optimize their hormones and bring them this podcast and share all this amazing knowledge, but also to help women really stand in their power and become a leader and grow a business and make money and do the thing that lights them up. And, you know, it's just, it's such an amazing process and journey to be a part of when it comes to my students. So I'm really proud of it and and really honored to be a part of that journey. Which brings me to my guest today, She's actually a student inside my business mentorship program, and I've got to gotten the opportunity to work with her and coach her over these past eight months. And it's just been amazing seeing her growth and seeing her thrive and flourish and launch her online program and support women, especially in the prenatal and postnatal phase of their life. And she's just such a light and such a gift. And It's just amazing to see in eight months what she has created and she has her amazing book out that's now available. And we're going to dive into all of that in our podcast today. Uh, But I just love how things really come full circle. And I just, I never, I never knew our guest, Lindsay today. I never knew her, you know, like eight months ago, we, we just connected on Facebook and she was looking for a mentor and a coach and really wanted to get her business up and running and off the ground. And she joined my mentorship. I've been coaching her and now here I I'm interviewing her for the podcast. So a lot can happen in eight months. And I'm just so proud of all the amazing growth that she's done in these last eight months. So I'm so excited to introduce you guys to her, Lindsay Taylor. She is a cookbook author, health researcher, doula, and nutrition coach who supports women to get confidently nourished before, during, and after their pregnancies by eliminating the overwhelm and fear that usually surrounds prenatal nutrition advice. In her new book, The Food Doula Cookbook, Lindsay breaks down not only how to eat well through the realities of each trimester, but how to use food to get empowered before pregnancy and thrive in postpartum. We dive into lots of juiciness during this episode today, and we talk a lot about nutrition, nutrition before pregnancy and you know that preconception time and what that really looks like and what you should really be aware of and how you should be nourishing your body. And then how does that change during pregnancy? We also talk about the foods that 
should we be avoiding them? Can, you know, are they safe? Are they harmful? Are they okay to eat? I think there's a lot of confusion around that when it comes to things like coffee and runny eggs and soft cheeses and sushi. And then after pregnancy and postpartum, how do you not just support baby, but also support yourself and your healing journey? So we dive into all of it during this episode. If you are a mama-to-be, if you are thinking about starting a family, you are really going to find this episode valuable. So let's dive in. Enjoy. Hi, Lindsay. Welcome to the Healthy Hormones for Women podcast. Thanks for having me, Samantha. I'm so happy to be here. I am so excited. And I want to give our listeners a bit of a background in terms of how we met and how we initially connected. And so Lindsay is actually one of my business mentorship students. And we've been working together over these past, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but eight months, like the time has gone by so fast. And it's just been an amazing journey watching Lindsay grow her business and launch her book and just like really step into this amazing leader. And it's just been a real honor to watch you and and support you in your journey. So thank you. Well, thank you. It's been an honor having you help me and support me as I, you know, really started my business. And like you said, launched my very first book out to the world. And, you know, now I'm helping more and more women and, you know, fulfilling what I feel like I meant to do. And I have you to thank for helping me get on this path. Oh, well, I really appreciate that. And thank you so, so much. So that is how we connected initially. She's a student in my mentorship program and she's just rocking it. And I was like, she has so much valuable information to offer this community and women who are thinking about starting a family. So before we officially dive in, Lindsay, let's share with our audience who you are and what you do. Of course. So I'm a perinatal nutrition coach. And what that means basically is that I spend my time teaching women how to get nourished for every stage of the pregnancy journey. So from figuring out, you know, what do you need to do to set yourself up for actually getting pregnant, setting the stage for a healthy pregnancy before you conceive to how do you nourish yourself? Well, through the realities of every trimester, which oftentimes can be, you know, a lot harder than we think they're going to be before we get pregnant to the other end of the spectrum in postpartum, when your body is going through so many changes, hormones are shifting, your life is shifting, there are mental health challenges. So I really think it's essential that women get support through every stage of that transition to motherhood, because it's really not happening. And the wild thing about the world of eating and nutrition in pregnancy is that it's full of misinformation. Most of the advice comes from a place of fear instead of facts. And we have old school beliefs that are circulating nonstop, right? This is what my mom told me I could eat. My grandmother said I couldn't eat this, you know, and then unfortunately our healthcare practitioners are sometimes um, sharing those old beliefs as well. So what we have is a situation where there's so much confusion and so much overwhelm when all we really want is the answer to the question, you know, how am I supposed to eat in pregnancy in a way that will, you know, help me grow a healthy baby safely and, you know, feel good myself. And the way I come at this really is I have a background in health research and public health. And what I've always been fascinated in is 
are we actually doing a good job taking the research, what we know from science and translating it so it's usable in our everyday life? And this is just not happening well. We're really not educating women on the power they have to to shape this time in their life. And that's really unfortunate because it's during this stage that we're making choices that are impacting ourselves, our future children, our future families. And, you know, we deserve to have all the facts. Absolutely. So I'm so thankful you do this work because it is so needed. How did you become interested in this field specifically? Yeah. You know, I have to say it was when I went through my own pregnancies. So being that I had the background of health research and nutrition and public health, I anticipated getting usable information when I was pregnant. You know, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this, but I went into my pregnancy wanting to have a super healthy pregnancy, knowing that, of course, my choices were going to have an impact on how I felt and how I was fueling myself. And of course, how I was fueling my baby. And the reality of what I actually got was two things. One was a list of foods that I was not allowed to eat, you know, without any context on why, what are the risks? What could I do to mitigate those risks? What could I eat instead? Just a list of things not to eat and advice to take a prenatal vitamin, which I always find kind of fascinating that, you know, the first thing our doctor will do is give us a prenatal vitamin So that just tells us how powerful nutrition is during pregnancy, but yet we're really not told, right? Like here are some foods that would be great to eat. Here are some supplements you might want to consider or ways you might want to, you know, make some changes in your everyday life and what you do at the store. Um, So it just felt to me like there was this massive hole in uh, information that we, that I wanted to have. And so I decided to do the research myself and then start sharing it. And, you know, one thing led to another and that's how I got my book deal. And that's how I sort of launched myself into, you know what, this, this work is needed. I feel like I'm making a difference doing this. So that that's really how I started. Absolutely. I love that. Well, thanks so much for sharing that story with us. There's so many ways I want to take this conversation. And so let's start sort of at the beginning, the preconception and like, when does that preconception time period really start? Because I feel like a lot of couples are like, you know, you want, you want to have a baby? Like, sure. Let's, let's try next month kind of thing. It's just sometimes it's very much on the whim. Right. And there's not much planning, especially from like a health perspective. I think that we get into like the nursery and like all, you know, all these things, which of course is so exciting and fun too, but our bodies, like when does taking really care of our health? Like what does that look like? And when should that really be starting? Yeah, it's such a great question. And that's exactly what I was like before I got pregnant the first time. It was like, do you think we're ready for baby? Okay, we'll start trying right now. And right. And so that's how we often look at pregnancy is like when the egg is fertilized and we get a positive pregnancy test. But the fact is there's an even earlier stage of development that's actually critical to us getting pregnant and setting the stage for that pregnancy. And that's what's happening to the egg before it's actually fertilized. So before an egg is ovulated, there's a window of opportunity of three or four months where we can actually impact our own likelihood of getting pregnant and how healthy that egg is. And so what we know, we have really good research at this point showing that one of the main reasons that some of us struggle to get pregnant or have early losses is because there are chromosomal abnormalities in that egg. 
And it was often thought that, oh, well, those abnormalities are just there because you're getting older or there's nothing you can do about it. But we have very strong research now showing that during that three to four month period before we ovulate and and fertilize the egg, that's a controllable window where we can protect the egg in the way that we live and even the foods that we eat and the supplements we're taking can increase the quality of that egg, which means we have a higher likelihood of getting pregnant and staying pregnant. And to me, that's super exciting that there are things that we can do. We can play a role there in that earliest stage of our own pregnancies. I love that. Okay. So let's talk about what that looks like during that time period. What are some key pieces that women and and men really want to have in place, especially when it comes to, to their health? Yeah. So one of the first things that we need to do, and it's so not sexy, but one of the most powerful things that we can do is eat as many meals as we can from home, from scratch. And in particular, vegetables, anything with color, because the nutrient folate, which is so famous for preventing neural tube defects in the early weeks of pregnancy is actually really powerful in the egg health and sperm health as well. So if we just do one small change and add in, you know, one extra green a day, one extra color on our plate, and we get that folate, not not only are we increasing our chances of getting pregnant and having a healthy pregnancy, we're actually protecting the egg and the early embryo from other damage that might come through from things like BPA and other toxins that we encounter in our day-to-day life. We, we know that folate can actually be protective against some of those um, toxins that we're in contact with. And another reason that I really appreciate food and say, you know, the most important thing that you can do is eat whole foods from home as much as possible is we're still really learning how to um, how to replicate the way that nutrients act naturally in food. And we can't really we can't replicate that with supplements left. So, uh, so far, so yes, folate's amazing, but when folate naturally occurs with some other nutrients like choline and vitamin B12, that's where we find really powerful prevention. So as much as possible, we need to be getting in those plants and, and eating at home. Okay. That's amazing. And can we just dive a little bit deeper into folate? Because there's some confusion around supplementation and different forms of folate, folic acid, like people get really confused about this folate, folic acid and supplementation. So maybe you can just expand on that a little bit. For sure. So folate is the naturally occurring vitamin that you're going to find in food. And so when we first learned how important folate was for pregnancy and preventing um, birth defects, the supplemental type of folate that we started using was called folic acid. So that's why you often hear when you get pregnant, make sure or three months before you get pregnant, make sure you're taking folic acid. So that's what you're oftentimes going to see in a supplement. But what we're learning now is that many of us have a, um, a genetic difference that means that we aren't doing a great job actually taking that folic acid and turning it into methylfolate, which is the form it has to be in in order for our body to actually use it and get all those benefits. So now the advice that we're commonly seeing is that when you do get a supplement 
to add on to the folate you're adding in your day-to-day diet through any foliage, any, any, any plants, um, you want to look for like a naturally occurring folate on the bottle, or it actually saying methyl folate on the back of your prenatal vitamin. Um, particularly if you know that you have that genetic variation in that gene. Okay. Awesome. So thanks for clarifying that. Cause I know there's a lot of confusion around it. You mentioned genetics. Do you ever recommend people get genetic testing before considering, you know, starting a family? Yeah, that's something that some people are very interested in, particularly when they want to really control what types of supplements are going to be best for them. So for instance, if you know you do have that genetic variation in the gene, it's called the MTHF our gene, you can take a genetic test and figure out whether or not you have that variant. And that just gives you a little extra data. It's certainly not required, but if people want more data, more information about themselves, that will tell you what type of folate, what type of specific um, supplements is going to be best for you, for your body in order to make sure that you really are getting the benefit of that nutrient for, for your life. Okay. Awesome. Thank you for that. So I want to backtrack a little bit. You mentioned during that preconception time, you know, obviously food plays a really big role here, but you mentioned environmental toxins. So what does that look like? And, you know, what are you specifically referring to and how is that even impacting, you know, I'm so, I'm sure so many couples don't realize the impact of the plastics they're using, or maybe even the type of water they're drinking and all these sorts of things, the makeup they're using that could actually have some, you know, negative effects on, on hormones and health. So yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. For sure. Yeah. That's the one where I feel like, you know, we're, as I said, I was given that list of foods to avoid in pregnancy, which I'm sure we'll get into that as well. But what isn't on those lists are things like, you know, phthalates and BPA and other toxins that we have really strong evidence that those things can actually interfere with our ability to, you know, ovulate in a healthy way and get pregnant and stay pregnant when we really want to. So it can be really overwhelming, I know, to think about reducing or eliminating our exposure to those environmental toxins. And it really doesn't have to be like a full elimination, but easy, practical things that you can do to reduce your exposure to those toxins are mostly starting in the kitchen. So do you have any plastic Tupperware that's old, that comes into contact with high temperatures? Um, We want to ideally replace those with like a glass or a stainless steel. And yeah, looking at our personal care products, um, we want to ideally avoid fragrance. So things in hairsprays and nail polish and that sort of thing. And then it goes back again to seeing if we can cook as much as possible from home because Something that was a surprise to me when I first started digging into this is that one of the main ways that we're getting exposed to things like these toxins is through food that's processed, food that's coming from restaurants, foods that's packaged, because in those processing plants, they're often using plastic containers that they're rinsing with boiling water. And, and, and that's when sort of we're getting that leaching into our food. So it's, it's, it's the little things that we can do in our kitchen. Like, do we have a plastic kettle or a like plastic colander? Can we make some simple replacements in our day-to-day life and, and not get too worried about eliminating our exposure completely? Okay. That's really great. And so important because I think it's, it's often 
overlooked. So let's talk about the food specifically, what to avoid and what you should eat. And I know there's so much confusion around this. I think about like just recently, two friends of mine who have both had now have babies. And I will never forget during that process, you know, my one friend who I was with, she actually came by the house. I was making a coffee. I asked her if she wanted a coffee and she was like, Oh, you know, I'm not drinking that during my pregnancy. Like, I'm, you know, I can't have that. And I was like, okay, cool. Whereas a few weeks go by and I'm with my other girlfriend who's pregnant and she's drinking coffee and she's like, Oh yeah, I have one a day, you know? And there's just like confusion. Like, do you have it? Do you not? Is it good? Is it bad? And I'm sure there's a list of so many things just beyond coffee. So let's dive into that. What's the deal with all of this? Do we really have to avoid all of it? And maybe you can give us a list of of what some of those common things are. Perfect. So let's start with caffeine. And I love that. I love that one friend chose not to, one friend chose to, and that's awesome because what I really want is for everyone to have the facts and make the choice that works best for them. For sure. So where it comes from caffeine, the reason why some people are told, you know, you can't have caffeine at all is because we do have some research showing that with increasing levels of caffeine, there's an increased risk of pregnancy loss. But we don't know that for sure. The the data is still really new. And it's probably very likely that low levels of caffeine are still okay. And, and, And no level of caffeine is going to guarantee a pregnancy loss. It really depends on what you're comfortable with. So what I often will say to my clients is, if you feel uncomfortable about it, you have the choice to eliminate it completely. But we also need to acknowledge um, other people like me who there was also some benefit to caffeine. So we need to look at what the risk is and then what's the benefit. So if your real life is that, you know, you're so tired, you're not sleeping well, you're also running after a toddler and you need that coffee in the morning, that's okay. It's okay. That's a really valid experience to go through, especially for like a whole year of your life. We're talking a long time, not a week. So if it feels tricky to you and you still want to be safe and manage those risks, you can consider lowering your intake, intake, particularly in the first trimester. That's when your pregnancy is the most vulnerable because the risk is related to pregnancy loss. That's the time that you can lower it, maybe lower it to a small coffee a day. And then what I always say to clients is, The most important thing really isn't necessarily not having any caffeine, but being aware of the caffeine you're actually drinking. So the guidelines say, keep it under 200 milligrams a day, which is they say like one or two coffees. So when someone tells me one or two coffees, I'm like, okay, I can go get like, you know, a tall at Starbucks and then I'll make myself one in my favorite mug. Right. But one tall coffee at Starbucks is like 280 milligrams of caffeine. Totally. (laughs) So if I think that that's one and I'm having two of those, that's when we're getting into levels of caffeine that, that are more than what we're probably comfortable with, but we just didn't know that that's how much was there. So that's where I recommend really starting is like how much caffeine is in your drink of choice, whether it's Starbucks or what you're drinking from home, you know, how big is your mug? When we say one cup, we mean like 250 mils, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) And in my personal favorite mug, it's like this Christmas mug and I can fit three cups in that. (laughs) So that's really where I I suggest starting when it comes to caffeine is like, how comfortable are you? And then how much is, is in what you're actually drinking on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, totally. That makes sense. And I'm sure a lot of women are 
thinking, can I drink decaf? Is decaf okay? Absolutely. Decaf is totally fine. That's when we get into really negligible amounts of caffeine when it comes to decaf and coffee. And yes, there might be small amounts and things like that. And I get sort of frustrated when I hear people saying like, okay, if you're pregnant, then you need zero, like no chocolate, no, no, you know, pain reliever, no, no, no decaf, no herbal tea that might have a little bit. And I don't think we need to take it that far. That's where a lot of the fear comes into play. And when we give black and white advice like that, we're causing more fear and overwhelm in, am I going to make a mistake? Am I going to do something the wrong that's going to harm baby? And it is very, very unlikely that that low, low level of caffeine is going to have any impact on, on you or your, or your baby. Okay. Good to know. So let's dive into some of the other foods, runny eggs, soft cheese, sushi. Can we have them? Can we not? Absolutely. So again, it's so not black and white and it's super frustrating to be given all of those foods and told don't do it because automatically then we think, oh my gosh, if we do it, we've done wrong. We've done harm. That's super scary when we have, you know, our baby's well-being in our hands. And there is no one food that is guaranteed to make you sick. There is no one food that's guaranteed to be safe. So it's a matter of let's look at the risks and the benefits. So runny eggs, like you said, is such a great example of that because if we avoid runny eggs and that's the only way we like our eggs and then we don't eat eggs at all in our pregnancy, let's talk about what some of those benefits are. So the risk of getting sick from a runny egg is a risk of salmonella, which can make us really sick. It's not as likely that it's going to make baby sick. And the risk is like 0.00003. Wow. And it's seven times lower if you're getting organic pastured eggs. Okay. So the risk is almost nothing, right? but the risk of not having eggs, which are an amazing source of some of the most important nutrients for pregnancy. You've got your DHA and your B12 and even vitamin D, which is so hard to find anywhere and is so important for pregnancy. We need to be having that discussion of what makes most sense for you. Would you prefer to make sure you're getting those nutrients in, even if your eggs are a little runny, maybe we make sure that we buy pastured organic eggs to lower it even further or, you know, What's a replacement? If you do decide to eliminate it completely, what are we going to add to your day-to-day life to make sure you're getting in those essential nutrients? And the same thing is true of fish and sushi. So something that we get really afraid of is mercury, right? So a few years ago, there was um, warnings going out, don't eat too much fish in pregnancy because mercury could be bad for baby. And so for instance, a few weeks ago, I had a client who is seeing a fertility clinic come back from her appointment and say, the doctors at the fertility clinic told me, stop eating fish like once a week is, is enough. And that's really unfortunate because again, just like eggs, fish are one of the best sources of the essential nutrients for pregnancy. And so if we're going to eliminate that, that's potentially problematic. We need to talk that out because the reality is high mercury fish aren't really the ones that we're eating. It's like sword, uh, swordfish and shark and these big predatory fish we really don't need to eliminate or even reduce things like salmon or like white fish or pickerel or mackerel or like the, the fish that we're actually yes. eating in our diet. Um, and raw fish too. Raw fish now, um, as long as it's flash frozen, which 
Now, if you're getting it from a reputable place, a restaurant, um, and you can always ask because the process of flash freezing that raw fish 100% kills bacteria. So any listeria, which is what we're afraid of in pregnancy that was present there will be killed. So it, it's about knowing, you know, what really are the facts and can I, can I do this choice safely in a way that I'm comfortable with in a way that I know my risk is like super, super small. Absolutely. Okay. I love that you are breaking this down because I'm sure you're putting a lot of women at ease right now, which is so key. Um, I'm sure a lot of women have anxiety over this. So what's the deal with soft cheese? Yeah. So soft cheese and deli meats are, are really in a group together because the reason we're told not to eat them is because there's a higher likelihood that they might be contaminated with listeria. So getting listeriosis in pregnancy, so getting sick because that bacteria is pregnant can be really, really harmful for baby, which is why we're really scared. But the chances of eating something that are that is contaminated with listeria is even lower than getting sick for eggs. So we're talking like there's so many zeros in there. I'm not even going to say it, but your risk is really, really low. And oftentimes the women who are pregnant, like they're going through a first trimester where they're like, nothing sounds good to me, but like I could go for a deli sandwich right now. And if that's the only source of like protein you're getting in your day, like Maybe we look at that. Maybe we look at the fact that if you heat soft cheese or deli meat, if you actually heat it to steaming, you're killing any bacteria that would be there anyway. So you're significantly lowering your risk. In fact, it's barely present if you cook it. So yeah, it's about what makes sense for you and looking at those pros of, okay, well, I can actually eat this and my body needs energy. It needs protein to to function properly um, versus you know, a very, very tiny risk that for most people, when they hear about what the risk actually is, they feel way more comfortable even eating it occasionally if they happen to get like a huge craving for it or something like that. It is so wild to me how like, this is just such a blanket statement that doctors give, you know, it's just like, here's a list. Like you said, that happened to you and like, don't eat this. There's no real explanation or breakdown, you know, don't have organic coffee or, you know, don't have organic runny egg, you know what I mean? But, but it's okay to go eat at McDonald's and fast food. Like there's no mention of that or like sugar or, you know, inflammatory foods. Like there's no mention of that. It's just so wild to me. Absolutely. I think what we try to do, which is really unfortunate because pregnant people deserve more is we oversimplify. We want to make it easy for people. So we give them these black and white rules. But unfortunately, when we don't actually educate them with all the facts, like, yeah, what is this risk? And what can you do? It just creates more and more fear. And we really don't need another thing to be fearful of during pregnancy. Totally, totally. Ladies, I quickly want to interrupt today's episode and talk about a few things that are really delicious and that I've been using lately. I've been using the organic toasted super seeds from Eaton Hemp. These are toasted hemp seeds. They come in maple cinnamon, which is so good. I eat them right out of the bag. They have this amazing crunch and I love to top it on some coconut yogurt or I even top it on some of my smoothies because I actually love putting toasted hemp seeds or even something like cacao nibs or some granola on top of my smoothies 
smoothies and it just gives it that added crunch. And the Himalayan pink salt ones, I've been throwing those on my salads or even on soups. It's so, so good. I love these so much and they really are delicious. They are packed with so much protein. Plus they are loaded with tons of omega-3s. They have lots of phosphorus and different vitamins and minerals in there. And they're also really high in fiber. So if you're looking for some added crunch, highly recommend them. And the maple cinnamon ones are definitely my favorite. They're my go-to. I literally eat them straight out of the bag. I've also been using the CBD oil from Eaton Hemp. I really love the, currently what I'm using is their extra strength one, which is 1500 milligrams. You get 50 milligrams per serving and it's a 1500 milligram per bottle. And it is all USDA certified organic. And I've been using it just before bed. So I like to take it along with my 5-HTP and my magnesium. It is also full spectrum, unfiltered, third-party tested, USA grown, processed, bottled, and it includes a dropper, which is really important for accurate dosing. And so this is all organic hemp seed oil, full spectrum CBD, and I just put a dropper full under my tongue. And I use it along with, like I said, my magnesium and my 5-HTP about 30 to 40 minutes before bed. So if you're looking for something that's really going to support anxiety, and really calm the body. Even if you have chronic migraines and headaches, CBD can be really, really great for that. So I'm a really big fan of it. And then speaking of deliciousness, guess what's back in stock, ladies? The Organifi Harmony. I love it. I really love this product. It's so delicious. It's so chocolatey. It is loaded with hormone healthy ingredients, cacao, maca, chaseberry, shatavari, ginger, turmeric, coconut milk. And you just throw in some hot water or maybe you heat up a little bit of coconut milk and heat it up and throw that in there. It is like a delicious hot chocolate and it's amazing for your hormones. If you're dealing with hormone issues, looking for PMS support. You've got that bloating and that moodiness and acne, especially that happens around your cycle. You're looking for a bit of an energy boost and just a delicious way to incorporate some amazing herbs. I'm a big fan of Organifi Harmony. So it's finally back in stock. And if you're looking to get your shop on, you can use the coupon code healthy hormones. You can use that over at eatenhemp.com and you can use that at organifyshop.com. It's the same coupon code over at Eaton Hemp Healthy Hormones, you're going to save 20% off of your order. And over at Organifi Healthy Hormones is going to save you 15% off. So head on over to those websites, check them out, and be sure to tag me over on Instagram if you're using any of these products, because I always love to know how it's going. All right, back to our episode. Okay, so outside of those coffee, runny eggs, soft cheese, sushi, anything else that is maybe like a really common one, like herbs specifically or teas? Mm, yeah. Teas is such a hard one. So that's another one that oftentimes will be just a straight up, don't do it, any type of herbal tea. And the reason for that is not necessarily that we have evidence that herbal tea is going to negatively impact your pregnancy. It's because we have basically no research on herbs. Um, there are so many different herbs and it's, we just don't have research on what the impact is in pregnancy, but more than likely what we're often worried about with herbal teas is, is like a dose response. So very likely if you're having like one cup of herbal tea a day or every few days, it is highly unlikely that the amount of herbs in that tea bag is going to be enough to what we're often worried about is uterine contractions. Is it going to cause uterine contractions that are potentially going to put you into preterm labor, which of course we don't want. Um, So there are some teas like 
chamomile um, that often are cautioned against, but there are so many teas. The ones that I really like and feel very comfortable with in pregnancy are herbal teas that um, are like culinary in nature. So like your warming uh, spices, like turmeric and cinnamon and cloves and ginger, you wouldn't be cautious making a curry with the same amount of those herbs that you would in a tea bag. So to me, it's only logical to think through like if it's a tea with turmeric and lemon and ginger and orange, those are things I would use in my cooking without right. worry. We, we also don't need to be too worried about using those things to make tea. That totally makes sense. Okay. Awesome. Thank you for breaking that down. So before pregnancy, even during pregnancy, could we maybe touch on some of the foundational supplements that you might recommend? So obviously we know like, okay, a prenatal is, is important. Um, is there anything else that you think is, is really, really vital? Yeah, I think there's a couple of things. And first of all, you're right. A prenatal vitamin is really great, particularly in that preconception stage. If all you do in that three to four month window before you think about trying to get pregnant is start a prenatal vitamin, that's awesome. Because not only are you getting more of those nutrients that are going to support you to get pregnant and have a healthy pregnancy, but you're giving yourself sort of a backup plan. If when you actually do get pregnant and you can't eat anything, you know, we have it in our heads. Okay. I'm going to find out I'm pregnant. I'm going to start eating so healthy. Like that's going to be the thing that's going to make me start eating really, really well. And of course I felt that too, but then that can be really conflicting with how it actually feels in the first trimester. If all you can eat are carbs and all you want is cookies and you can't stand the thought of a vegetable, that's real life. So starting with those prenatal vitamin is at least a great foundation to know that okay, if you're not eating great, you don't need to feel that you don't need to feel bad about that. Your body will pull from those nutrient stores that you put into place before you actually got pregnant. So that's, that's another reason for great preconception nutrition. And then in terms of other supplements, vitamin D is a huge one. It is so important for fertility and for pregnancy. And just like in all other aspects of why vitamin D is so super, we're just usually not getting enough. So that's one that is usually kind of a no brainer. It's probably going to be really beneficial to add it for pregnancy and also, you know, for immunity and everything else um, that we want to make sure of. And then it really depends, I think, on what you're choosing to eat and what you're not. So for instance, if you're a veteran, vegetarian going into pregnancy, there's going to be things like vitamin B12 that are going to be important to supplement with because vitamin B12 is another one that is extremely important for fertility, extremely important for building baby's brain and the neurological development, everything that's happening in your body. We really need some of those key B vitamins. So supplementing with B12, if you don't eat meat, um, is going to be really vital. And then another one that um, a lot of people can benefit from depending on what they're eating is choline. And choline is another um, B vitamin that we just don't hear that much about, but it's kind of, it goes hand in hand with folate and how important folate is in reducing the risk of some, some things that can, you know, neural tube defects and also in brain and neurological development. So choline is one that we need a lot more of, and it's actually really hard to get enough choline from our diet and our pre 
prenatal vitamin. So some, I, what I've learned, which is fascinating is that some vitamins are like almost too heavy to put into a prenatal vitamin. Like you'd need to break it up eight times through the day and have like three pills eight times through the day. And that's not really realistic for us. So there's actually not very much choline in the, in the majority of prenatal vitamins on the market. So that's another one where it might make sense to take it as an additional standalone supplement or really try to get food sources of choline into your diet, which is going to be animal products, things like eggs and meat and fish and things like that. Okay. That's really, really great. So let's switch gears a bit and talk about after pregnancy. We obviously know the role that nutrition plays during and before, but obviously it's going to play such an important role postpartum. I mean, especially, you know, if you're breastfeeding and I mean, mama's going to be depleted and exhausted and all of the things. So let's talk about the role of nutrition postpartum. Yeah, it's so important postpartum. And like you said, we get very caught up in what we need in pregnancy. We sort of forget about how important postpartum can be. And the fact of the matter is, and I know it can be stressful to hear this, but your nutrient needs and your energy needs postpartum, especially if you're breastfeeding, are actually higher than they were in pregnancy. And I know that can be stressful because you feel like you have no time to let alone look at food or cook food when you have a newborn baby. And that's why we really need support and why we need to do things like stock our freezer before baby comes with nourishing food and lean on family and friends and and be comfortable asking them to drop off food, to start a meal train. Um, So in postpartum, we're so used to, or what we expect maybe because of the stories that we hear is that postpartum means sleep deprivation, exhaustion, um, mental health difficulties, irritability, being easily frustrated. We get a picture in our head about what that postpartum experience looks like. And of course, part of that is just the reality of this hard season of life. But what we're finding more and more about is that postpartum nutrient depletion looks exactly like all of those things. So what postpartum nutrient depletion basically means is that When you go through a pregnancy, nine months, your body is going to take everything you have, the nutrients from the great food you're eating, from your prenatal vitamin, from all of your nutrient stores all over your body, and it's going to preferentially give all that great stuff to baby. That's awesome. That's what we want, right? We're like, okay, just baby take all this great stuff, but we also have needs, and oftentimes our needs aren't met. So our tank is really, really low. We're really out of stock of some of the most important nutrients that we need to to function, to have our our, our nervous system function well, and to actually have the energy to produce breast milk and get through the day, even if we're not getting a lot of sleep. So being nourished well in postpartum is, is so, so critical. Okay, great. I, I know women really need to hear that. And it's hard to do, you know, you it's it's easier said than done because you are yeah. so depleted and exhausted and all of that. So that's why the prep is so important. Did you spend time doing like prepping and stocking your freezer and all of that? Can you share a little bit about like what that looked like for you? For sure. So I have two daughters. My first pregnancy, I spent zero time prepping food for my freezer. And I will tell you that it's so funny now being doing this work is if you talk to a second time parent or a subsequent parent and you ask them, what do you need for postpartum? Like 
they will save food because you know, I was so caught up in my first pregnancy. Like, like you said at the beginning, like all the fun stuff, my nursery, like the baby clothes and the cute onesies and like the little booties and all of those things are so sweet and so fun. And of course we're going to spend time on that, but we forget about like the everyday things we take for granted that still have to happen when we have a new baby. And some of those things we can ignore, like all right, the laundry can pile up. Okay. You know, who really cares if my house is dirty, but the thing we can't ignore is our need to eat. And the reality is oftentimes we forget to eat. We don't have time to eat. So yeah, I, I did not prepare at all. So I was like 11 times a day going to my pantry, grabbing what ever was there, like crackers, cookies, like, and I have no judgment whatsoever when people do this, because I understand that that's real life. But the problem is I know that exasperated how I felt. I know that made my anxiety worse. I know it made my exhaustion and my coping worse. I just know that I wasn't giving my body what it needed to function at a most basic level. So when I had my, my second baby, I definitely made it a priority to spend some time cooking meals, batch cooking meals, and making meals that I knew by that point were going to actually be realistic for me. So I knew I needed things I could grab and eat with one hand because let's face it, when baby is in your arms 24-7, you have one hand to eat. You don't have too many opportunities to like use a fork and a knife and like get a plate. And like, that's just not how we roll with babies. Um, so, you know, I had those snacks ready that were like full of protein and great fats that I knew my brain needed. I knew I need the calories. And then the other thing I prepped was foods that I knew would support me in my healing. Like no matter how your birth goes, there's repair tissue repair and wounds that need to be healed. So there's some great types of foods and nutrients that are going to give your body what you need to heal. And one of those things that we need is like the amino acid glycine, which is in bone broth and like slow cooked meats, like a pulled pork or chicken thighs, anything where like the, the connective tissues and the bones are involved, you know, it makes a lot of sense. That's exactly what your body needs to heal tissues and protein and iron, right? We need to not only rebuild tissues, but rebuild blood. There's blood loss involved in birth. So um, we need a lot of those key vitamins and we need to think about all the work our body's doing behind the scenes. So one of the things that happens postpartum that I was really not prepared for, I think, is how your digestive system basically shuts down. Totally. <laughs> so like constipation is a thing in postpartum, particularly if you have a C-section birth. So stocking the freezer with like broth-based foods and slow cooked foods, like already broken down veggies and meat so that we can take the pressure off our digestive system, get in those great nutrients, hydrate and, and allow our body to do the work it needs to do and not have to put so much pressure on our digestive system. That was really lovely how you broke that down. This makes me, you know, I've obviously been working with you for the past eight months, helping you put together your 12 week program. And I mean, I'm not having kids, you know, that's something that Gate and I have, have both discussed and we're just, you know, that's not where we're at. And, but I know of so many women who come work with us in our programs and just friends, like I can think of just so many women who need this support and are so confused. And like I said, just going back to my two girlfriends with the coffee conversation, like that's just one example. I can think of 
because basically all of our friends have kids except us. And so I can think of all of them and being around them during their pregnancies and just some of them being so scared of just any tea, any that like just so, so, so scared and so uncertain. And then also postpartum, so depleted, so exhausted, still not understanding the nutrition piece and the healing piece. Like, I'm so glad you put together a program around this because women really need it. And we are not going to get answers like this or support like this from our medical professionals, unfortunately. And I also don't want to just make that blanket statement. I mean, I'm going to say most medical professionals, but you know, they're not going to dive into this deep information with you about nutrition and what you need and the healing process and the before and the during and the after. And so I'm really thankful that that you have a program out there to support women in this in this stage of life because it it really is needed. So thank you for that. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And you're so right. I mean, it's not all doctors and midwives, but the reality is their medical school training was like one course or one class on one day. And we're just so used to relying on um, one person to help us with this most massive time of transition and importance. And it, it helps to take it with a grain of salt and just understand that your doctor is amazing and they're responsible for your health and well-being, but they're not necessarily an expert in all the things that you truly need to feel good and, and to, to have the pregnancy that you really want and to ease a lot of those anxieties and the overwhelm and the fear. Um, yeah, there, we just deserve more information and more empowerment. So yeah, I love working with women in, in this space and helping them be nourished and be confident that they are eating what they want to be eating for the outcome that they want. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit more about this amazing program that you created to support women, because I mean, really what we dove into today is kind of a little, a little behind the scenes of of what you're teaching. And I know you go into so much more depth. So let's let our audience know what, what that program is about. Absolutely. So what I do is I walk women through a three-month program. Like you said, it's 12 weeks where we walk through what the research actually says and how do we use it in our real life. So we dive into, you know, what do we actually need to avoid? What can we eat to feel better through nausea and reflux and constipation and the realities that happen during pregnancy? And then how can we eat to support baby's development and support, you know, their brains and and their behavior and and all these outcomes where food plays in a really big role. So um, we meet bi-weekly. We do a lot of group coaching where we dive into the evidence and I walk you through how to make it work in your own kitchen. So every two weeks we have a group meeting and then we actually cook together. We go through recipes to actually practice this way of cooking and recipes that are going to support us every step of the way. And then there's a one-on-one component too, where I actually dive deep into what you are eating. And we talk about what's missing, what key nutrients do we need to top up? And then how are we going to do that? Um, What recipes that can we use? What supplements can we lean on just to make sure that we're nourishing ourselves well, and we're, we're getting the outcomes that we want supporting our body and our baby through this really essential time. That's awesome. Well, for any mamas to be or pregnant mamas right now, I would definitely check out Lindsay's program because it's, it's think about the confidence and the clarity it's going to bring you. And that is, is so worth it because 
especially if you're a first time mama, like you are going to have a lot of questions and this can really help to provide you that guidance. So, and then you have your new book. Tell us about that. Yes. I'm so thrilled. My book baby is out into the world. It's called the food doula cookbook and it is a guide for how to eat well through preconception, every trimester and postpartum. So, you know, when I was doing research for this book, I looked at all the healthy pregnancy books and the cookbooks. And one of the things I found was that Hey, they're full of rules. And like, I'm not about that rule life. I'm about you making your own choices with the right information. And then when it came to postpartum, it was just like, here's how to lose the baby weight and like one page on breastfeeding. Like, no, we need so much more. I have like 60 pages in this book about postpartum. So it's doable recipes using ingredients that you already have in your pantry and advice for how to, how to eat well and get through the realities of all of those trimesters and postpartum. And it's also about you. It's also about mama. Like it's not just about baby. It's about, we deserve to feel great. And, you know, being pregnant or a new mom isn't a prescription to feeling terrible. It really doesn't have to be that way. We deserve to feel as, as best we can and be really confident in, in the way that we're eating and, and what, what we're doing. That's really great. Awesome. Well, your book, I'm still waiting to get my copy. It's on its way. I cannot wait to flip through it. I have seen the behind the scenes of Lindsay's like photos, which she did all on her own for her book. So I highly commend you on that. The photos are beautiful and her recipes are fantastic. She shares a lot over on her Instagram page as well. So let our audience know where they can find you and connect with you online. Absolutely. So I'm always hanging out over on Instagram. You can find me there at the.food.doula. Amazing. Awesome. Well, we will put all the info in our show notes so our audience can connect with you and find you. Thank you so much for being with us today. I really appreciate you sharing all this amazing knowledge and sharing your light and your gift. Thank you so much, Sam. I love talking to you. My pleasure. Thank you so much, ladies, for tuning in today. I really hope you enjoyed the interview with Lindsay. If you'd like to check her out over on Instagram, you can find her at the.food.doula. She posts amazing information over there, and she is definitely your go-to if you are looking for preconception and postpartum support. She's got tons of great resources on her Instagram and lots of great recipes as well. And then her book, check it out, thefooddoula.com forward slash order now. She's got some amazing book bonuses that are available and her book really is beautiful. It really does take a lot of work, I would know, to put a book together. And I can't believe that she did all of her own food photography. Like It really is a lot of work and it's so beautiful. So go check her out, go support her. And she really is your go-to girl for all things pregnancy. That's it for today. I really appreciate you being here. If you haven't left us a rating and a review, I would so appreciate it. It really helps our podcast get more visibility and get noticed and to support more women globally. You can leave us a rating and a review on any major podcast platform that you listen to us on. And again, our coupon code is healthy hormones. If you want to go shop over at eatenhemp.com or organifyshop.com. Thanks so much for being here. Chat with you next week. Take care.